Krishna Bhagavad Gita, he says that his devotees always derive pleasure by hearing and conversing about him. And Sri Prahlad Maharaj lays out the nine processes of devotional service, beginning with hearing and chanting. And in previous ages are different processes, most powerful processes of self-realization. And in this age, the most powerful process, actually the only means of self-realization, is this hearing and chanting. So always hearing and chanting is extremely important and powerful, and it's always a process of devotional service. But especially now, it's the only way. The only way to achieve the goal of life is chanting the holy names of the Lord. The only possible way, only possible method. And so we can become confused sometimes because we understand that the, the pastimes of the Lord, the name of the Lord, everything that has to do with the Lord is completely pure. So how is it that this can become, said, contaminated? Right? So the, the idea is, is that the names remain pure, but the covering is there. It's the same way that the Lord is in the heart. How can we be impure because the Lord is right next to us in the heart? So it's not that the Lord is ever impure, but it's that the, the covering is there, becomes covered. And so if we hear something in the wrong way, then it can have, sometimes have the opposite effect. Just like um, in the beginning of Bhagavad Gita, Srila Prabhupada is describing why his Bhagavad Gita is as it is. And he's describing that just like the doctor administers medicine, and if it's taken according to the prescription of the doctor, then it's going to act, it's going to work. But if it's not done that way, then it can have the opposite effect. It can be too high of a dose, it can kill the person, uh, they can put the wrong ingredients in, the wrong type of medicine, and actually acts as a poison. Because something in one particular dose may be medicine, and then if it's, if it's done wrong, if it's diluted wrong, if it's mixed wrong, it becomes poison. And so, intention is so powerful, and so to the degree that somebody is fully surrendered to Krishna, has no other interest besides the service of the Lord, to that degree the potency of these words can act. Just like Srila Prabhupada, um, this is a perfect example when Srila Prabhupada met his Guru Maharaj. Because here you have Mahabhagavat um, Guru, Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati Thakur, everything that came from his mouth is completely pure. And then you had the perfect receptacle for hearing that knowledge in Srila Prabhupada, who was completely pure. And so when he came in this particular Leela, Srila Prabhupada was bewildered. But very quickly, with very few words from Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Srila Prabhupada surrendered to him. He changed his whole life in just a few moments because it was the proper receptacle and the proper speaker. And actually a perfect example of this parampara is happening right here in the Bhagavatam. Like, like the sages of Namara Saranya are conversing about Bhagavatam. And uh, the sage Sutta Goswami, he's describing what another sage is saying, Maitreya Muni, he's saying the Vidura. 
And Maitreya, Maitreya Muni is describing what other sages have said. He's describing what uh, or uh, Sukadeva Goswami is, is speaking to um, Pariksha Maharaj. So, but it's not just a message, but it's the, the purity and the intention of the speaker that's very powerful. Even if our intentions are not pure, as long as we have sincerity, still there's power there. And still we can speak. So we can think, well, I'm not pure, I'm not qualified to speak on these most exalted topics. How can I speak on these topics? I'm, I'm from Kali Yuga. I'm from the Western world. I'm extremely fallen. How can I speak on these topics? Well, that is the potency of Lord Nityananda. Because it's said that Lord, Lord Nityananda can empower the lowest living entity to speak on these highest topics. And that's living proof is that I'm sitting here before you. Otherwise, how could I speak on these topics? Because I'm from Kali Yuga, from the Western world. I grew up being me. I grew up absorbed in Western culture, etc. So that's why many many devotees like to chant this verse that through um, the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, and someone who's lame can climb up a mountain. Someone who's blind can see the stars in the sky. And someone who's dumb can speak eloquently. So um, this is not only um, can we be empowered to do so, but actually Lord Jaitanya he orders us to do so. He orders us to take this message and to share it, even if we aren't fully purified. But the intention is good. So the poisoning effect, the poison effect happens when we take the message and we distort it. That is offensive to the Lord, to his devotees, and to the entire parampara. And that actually uh, leads to the fall and degradation of society and the whole world when the pure message of God is distorted. That is um, what Prabhupada is describing in this purport, how uh, it leads to fall down and we become spoiled. Because it's like somebody has something, they have some important message they want to they share with you. And you're the mail person. You're the mailman. And you take it, you open, you open the envelope, and you cross out some of their words, and you put your own words in. And then you give it to them. So it means something completely different. So you spoil the message of that person who's trying to reach you. So God is trying to reach us, and we're taking his message and distorting it, and that's a great offense. So that's when it becomes poison. Like the Mayavad, they take the pure message of God and they distort it to make, to make God zero, to eliminate God, to say God has no form, to say we are God. So, like sometimes, maybe before you've seen some of these optical illusions where you look at it a certain way, and then they, they ask you, you know, what do you see? And, and you see a rabbit. And then the other person, what do they see? They see a horse. Because they're looking at it in a different way. So as long as we're, we're following the pure parampara, we're plugged in, we're hearing from the right source, those who have heard from the right source, those who are passing it down purely, evam parampara praptam imam yogo yoga nasta parampara. So it says in Bhagavad Gita, my message is passed through this, this parampara system. 
And when it's not, then the message is lost. And so I have to come back to reestablish the purpose. So when we're hearing, then we're seeing things as they are. Like it's supposed to be a rabbit we're seeing. But then when, when somebody else may key us off, hey, look, actually, this is a horse. And we start seeing that, and then we, we become illusioned. We never again can we see the rabbit. So that's why Prabhupada is saying our spiritual life is spoiled when we hear from those, especially in an immature stage, who, who are poisoned by my love philosophy. So they, they, they take the scriptures and they twist it and they make you see it in a different way. So it means something completely different than, than what Krishna intends. So uh, we, we fall from the path in that way. So here um, is really uh, the most important um, process and goal of our practice, which is to attain transcendental pleasure engaged in Krishna consciousness. When we attain transcendental pleasure in Krishna consciousness, then we're not only fixed on the path, but we're attached to the path of Krishna consciousness. Um, so this is our prayer, and we want to be able to call out, like, like we want to have the feeling in our heart, like Rupa Goswami has, like, I wish I had millions of years and millions of tongues. That's the type of taste he has. He's not just saying something poetic. He feels that way. And I don't have enough ears. I don't have enough mouths. The relish, the nectar, that's here. So we're begging God, or just give me a drop of this nectar. Just give me a drop. If I have a drop of the nectar, then I, forever I can be re-engaged in the service because I'm going to be so attached to the holy names of Krishna. To the whole process of Krishna consciousness. And just by being attached to hearing, we can achieve the highest goal of life. That one process alone, hearing and chanting, that can take us back to the spiritual world. One of these processes of devotional service is so powerful. And so, it's described, it's actually described in the Bhagavatam, how we can achieve taste for this message of Krishna. Do you all want to know what the secret is? Yeah. <laughs> so this is in the second canto, I believe. Or the first canto, second chapter. So there's a verse that says, the Sutta Goswami says, Shushu Sho Shadadanasya, Vasudeva Kataruchi, Shan Mahatsevyadipa, Punya Tirtanisevna. So that means serving great devotees, we obtain a message from here about Krishna. The, 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 the solution is serving. So when we hear, we're inspired to serve. When we, we serve, we're inspired to hear. So if we give our time to the, the service of Srila Prabhupada, we're going to be more inspired to hear. The more we're inspired to hear, the more our heart's going to become enlivened to serve. And so it's an upward spiral. And this is the opposite of the downward spiral of hearing in this world. Like, um, I was describing in one, one class on appreciation that, like, in my life, I saw how people who are passionate about something, it changed the trajectory of my life. Like, in the beginning of my life, uh, somebody was very passionate about baseball, so I started playing baseball. And then I met someone very passionate about basketball. And so I gave my life to basketball for many years. And then later I met somebody who was very passionate about politics about free market economy. So I gave my life and my time to that for many years. <laughs> I've seen my life. And then somebody's really in the business of making money. So then I start giving my time and my passion for that. 
So because I'm hearing from these people who have gyan, they have they have knowledge, and they live that knowledge. Vigyan. So someone they start telling you about basketball, but also they played basketball so much. So that playing basketball is vigyan. They realize the, the the joy of playing playing that sport, right? They realize now. So when you hear from that source, somebody that has um, has knowledge, like book knowledge, and then realize knowledge, and they're passionate about it, and then they can persuade you, and they can change your life. They can change the trajectory of your life. So in the same way, like, oftentimes in the beginning, like, a lot of the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, we're just repeating, and that's very good. That's very good, because we're, we're sincerely trying, but we haven't tasted the type of bliss that these devotees and Lord Jaitanya's pastimes are tasting. But the more that we taste, the more we'll be spiritually surcharged to share because we've realized how great it is. And we can convey this to others. So there's this very beautiful verse in Bhagavatam. And it's spoken by Prithu Maharaj. Or the Lord to Prithu Maharaj. Now let me see. I want to make sure I tell you right in the right way. Okay. Okay, so this is Prithu Maharaj speaking to the Lord after he's, he's been pleasing the Lord very much by his sacrifice and his devotion. So he's saying this prayer to the Lord about his only desire in life. He says, My dear Lord, I therefore do not wish to have the benediction of merging into your existence, a benediction in which there is no existence of the nectarian beverage of your lotus feet. I want the benediction of at least one million years, for thus I may be able to hear about the glories of your lotus feet from the mouths of your pure devotees. And this is a very beautiful verse, very poetic verse. My dear Lord, you are glorified by the selected verses uttered by great personalities. Such glorification of your lotus feet is just like saffron particles. When the transcendental vibration from the mouths of great devotees carries the aroma of the saffron dust of your lotus feet, the forgetful living entity gradually remembers his eternal relationship with you. Devotees thus gradually come to the right conclusion about the value of life. My dear Lord, I therefore do not need any other benediction but the opportunity to hear from the mouth of your pure devotee. So like everything we're offering to Krishna, we're offering at his lotus feet. And then when it comes from his lotus feet, it's Mahaprasad. And so we become purified through that process. Right? So when the word spoken by a devotee of Krishna leaves the mouth, Krishna accepts these words at his lotus feet. They touch the Lord's lotus feet. And then from his lotus feet, they go into our ears. And when that pure Mahaprasada from the lotus feet of the Lord, coming from the mouth of the devotee, goes into our ears, it has the potency to completely transform our heart and our life. And in time, through a sincere hearing and chanting, uh, we can experience this most transcendental bliss and happiness through this process of hearing and chanting. And Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, this is the eternal occupation of the devotee. Devotees. 
But that's what the devotees do eternally. Eternally chanting the names of the Lord and the glories of the Lord. With great determination. Offering their full surrender to the Lord. They do this throughout all eternity. And so we can see um, the great devotees of the Lord. You can see many examples from the devotees of the Lord who simply by hearing became liberated. Actually, the message of God is so powerful that Prahlad Maharaj, he became completely pure devotee by hearing when he was in the womb of his mother. So he heard the message from Narada Muni while he was in the womb, and he came out as blissful <laughs> devotee of Krishna. It was described he was so blissful and happy, he was making everybody around him extremely blissful and happy because of that potency. And he heard in the womb. So that's the power of the vibration. And let's see, I had one more. Okay, so I wanted to, to kind of go back to uh, Lord Jaitanya's instruction to us. And then we'll end a little early if that's okay, because I'm a little behind. I'm ready for hurry now. Um, but I wanted to just again, like emphasize and focus on that point of how Lord Jaitanya wanted all of us to share this message. And how he did it on the South India tour and the effect that he had and then his instructions. So whoever heard Lord Jaitanya Mahaprabhu chant Hari Hari also chanted the holy name of Lord Hari and Krishna. In this way, they all followed the Lord, very eager to see him. After some time, the Lord would embrace these people and bid them return home having invested each of them with spiritual potency. Each of these empowered persons would return to his own village, always chanting the holy name of Krishna and sometimes laughing, crying, and dancing. Such an empowered person would request everyone and anyone, whomever he saw, to chant the holy name of Krishna. In this way, all the villagers would also become devotees of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. People from different villages who came to see such an empowered individual would become like him simply by seeing him and receiving the mercy of his glance. When each of these newly empowered individuals returned to his own village, he also converted the villagers into devotees. And when others came from different villages to see him, they were also converted. In this way, as empowered men went from one village to another, all the people of South India became devotees. Thus many hundreds of people became Vaishnavas, when they passed the Lord on the way and were embraced by Him. In whatever village Sri Jaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed to accept alms, many people came to see Him. By the mercy of the Supreme Lord, Sri Jaitanya Mahaprabhu, everyone became a first-class devotee. Later they became teachers or spiritual masters and liberated the entire world. In this way, the Lord went to the extreme southern part of India and He converted all the provinces to Vaishnavism. Lord Sri Jaitanya Mahaprabhu did not manifest his spiritual potencies at Navadvi, but he did manifest them in South India and liberated all the people there. In Navadvi, he was more in the mood of satisfying his very intimate family members and friends, so he, he was very more low-key. But when he traveled and went on tour, plus everybody in Navadvi was already attached to Lord Jaitanya Mahaprabhu. But he, when he went on tour, then he exhibited this many more spiritual potencies. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's empowering of others can be understood by one who is actually a devotee of the Lord and who has received his mercy. If one does not believe in the uncommon transcendental pastimes of the Lord, he is vanquished both in this world and in the next. Whatever I have stated about the beginning of the Lord's tour should also be understood to hold for as long as the Lord toured South India. 
When Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to the holy place known as Kurma Chaitra, he saw the deity and offered up prayers and obeisances. While at this place, Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in his usual ecstasy of love of Godhead and was laughing, crying, dancing, and chanting. Everyone who saw him was astonished. After hearing of these wonderful occurrences, everyone came to see him there. When they saw the beauty of the Lord in his ecstatic condition, they were all struck with wonder. Just by seeing Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, everyone became a devotee. They began to chant Krishna and Hari and all the holy names. They all were merged in a great ecstasy of love, and they began to dance, raising their arms. Always hearing them chant the holy names of Lord Krishna, the residents of all the other villages also became Vaishnavas. By hearing the holy name of Krishna, the entire country became Vaishnava. It was as if the nectar of the holy name of Krishna overflooded the entire country. After some time when Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu manifested his external consciousness, a priest of the Lord Kurma deity gave him various offerings. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mode of preaching has already been explained, and I shall not repeat the explanation. In whichever village the Lord entered, his behavior was the same. So he wasn't just doing this in one place. The Lord was going all over South India, every village, and he had the same mood and ecstasy and message. In one village, there was a Vedic Brahmana named Kurma. He invited Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his home with great respect and devotion. This Brahmana brought Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his home, washed his lotus feet, and with his family members drank that water. With great affection and respect, that Kurma Brahmana made Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu eat all kinds of food. After that, the remnants were shared by all the members of the family. The Brahmana then began to pray, O oh my Lord, your lotus feet are meditated upon by Lord Brahma, and these very lotus feet have come into my home. My dear Lord, there is no limit to my great fortune. It cannot be described. Today my family, birth, and riches have all been glorified. The Brahmana begged Lord Jaitanya Mahaprabhu, My dear Lord, kindly show me favor and let me go with you. I can no longer tolerate the waves of misery caused by materialistic life. Sri Jaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, Don't speak like that again. Better to remain at home and chant the holy name of Krishna always. Instruct everyone to follow the orders of Lord Krishna as they are given in the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. So notice in this particular verse, this is a famous verse, uh, Lord Jaitanya is saying, Instruct people in the message given by Lord Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. So he's really stating in this verse that we have to pass the message as Krishna is giving it. In this way, become a spiritual master and try to liberate everyone in this land. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu further advised the Brahmana Kurma, If you follow this instruction, your materialistic life at home will not obstruct your spiritual advancement. Indeed, if you follow these regulative principles, we will again meet here. Or rather, you will never lose my company. Die. So what's an easy way we can, we can distribute the message purely? You can give Prabhupada's books, right? <laughs> Prabhupada purely gives, so we can just give somebody a book. Or just say a, say a few kind words. Hey, I think you'll like this book on meditation. Give Prabhupada's book. Finish. Mission accomplished. Yeah, Chase Yeah, um, 
We're talking about Maharaj Prithu, and then we're talking about this, this famous exchange of Korma Brahmana. And it sounded very much like um, what you were saying about how does it go? First the devotees glorifying the Lord and the Lord accepted their prayers. Or, yeah, they glorifying the Lord, the Lord accepted their appreciation and then he was saying now when the Lord accepts it then whatever the devotees say become Mahaprasad. That's from Pritu Maharaj, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was so surprised it wasn't in this book. That's a famous verse. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've forgotten that one. Yeah, right. Um, so, oh, it's all part of, so your recap of that, about it being the prasad of the Lord, that was all from that verse? Yeah. Like saffron is used a lot of times in deity worship, mm-hmm. so saffron is on the feet of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, like Gurudev, he taught me how to mix uh, sandalwood paste with uh, saffron and camphor, and they put that paste on the on the feet of the Lord with tulsi. It's a very <laughs> intoxicating. That you know that mahaprasadam it can liberate liberate us. <laughs> Okay, Venturaj Shima Bhagavatam Kija, Shima Prabhupada Kija, Gora Premanande. Harinam Sakirtan Kija. Who's going with you today? So, uh, Nata Prabhu and Jaitanya Lila Mataji and Elijah. Oh, Elijah's coming. So. <clears throat> okay, I was going to go in they're going to be going, well, Govinda Prabhu is going to be going regularly, but he's going on this trip, so he's right. not going to be able to come. Yeah, he's just, 